The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. Talk about Eddie the Eagle. Who's heard of Eddie the Eagle? Who actually remembers the real life Eddie the Eagle? 1980 out, the, Cal- the Calgary Olympics, uh, Winter Olympics. For those of you that don't know, it's a movie that's come out recently. And Eddie the Eagle, he was a uh, British guy. He was about 21 years old and he had a dream. His dream was to be an Olympian. And despite the fact that he uh, didn't necessarily possess the athletic ability and despite the fact that he, uh, for a time, had some physical disabilities working against him and despite the fact that everybody told him that he couldn't do it, he held on to the dream to become an Olympian. And when he realized that he, he wasn't going to meet the mark in the Summer Olympics, he realized that he could try and be part of the Winter Olympics because that's not the strong suit for the Brits. And so he decided that he was going to be an Olympic ski jumper. Now, who's seen the ski jumping in the Winter Olympics? That's a special sort of crazy, okay? They're what, 70 meters, 90 meters up, jumping off this big whopping uh, ski jump and landing, landing who knows where. But he decided that regardless of what the world was telling him to do or couldn't do, he was going to be an Olympian and he was going to represent his country in the ski jump. And if you watch the movie, you see how the odds are most certainly stacked against him. His family, particularly his father, was like, you're a lunatic. You can't do this. You've got to drop this dream. And even uh, the the Olympic committee, uh, when the selection committee realized that he was getting close to be able to represent, they, they put him aside because he was a bit awkward and he was a bit different. But you know what? Eddie the Eagle, he made a decision that he was not going to conform to what the world said about him. He made a decision that I am going to live above what the world says about me. Coming back to me, attending my youth ministry as a teenager, I remember a time when I was about 14 or 15 and there was a, a band that came and visited and, and I think it was a bit of a regional night where this band were just doing their songs and just a fantastic time of ending in the presence of God. But there was a moment that night with a lead singer. His name was David Evans. Phenomenal voice, but he stopped and he addressed every single person in that crowd. And he particularly was speaking to the young men. And he talked to us about not conforming to the way the world wants us to live, to not be okay with how the world wants us to live. And he was basically drawing a line in the sand and putting a challenge out to each of us. Do you want to live for God? And if you do want to live for God, you need to change the way in which you live to honor God through your living. That's the challenge that he put out. And I remember as a 14, 15-year-old going, I'm going to cross that line. I'm going to live a life of purity. I'm going to live a life where I save myself for marriage. I'm going to live a life where I'm not going to be drawn into pornography. I'm not going to give in to lustful thinking. I'm going to be a man of integrity and purity. And this morning, I want to share share my testimony about how I did that about how God was able to help me to no longer conform to what the world wants me to do and instead to live according to how He wants. Because the world has a way that wants us to live. The world wants to lead us down a path of destruction and it's in the opposite direction of where God wants us to live. That night, David Evans put the challenge out to each and every single one of us, and I'll put it out to you today, to memorize Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve 
what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I don't know about you, but I don't want to conform to the pattern of this world. I don't want to be okay when God has sent his son to die for me to simply keep on living the way I want to live when I want to submit my life over to him. And uh, this morning, like I said, this is my testimony. Bit of a disclaimer. I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm not trying to blow my own horn and say how fantastic my life has been. I've made mistakes. We all have. This morning, I want to honor God. I want to give God the glory for what he's done through me. And the lessons that I've learned, I want to impart to you. And maybe they're going to help you. Maybe they're going to help you so that you're not conforming your life to the pattern of this world. So if you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message is this, Do Not Conform. Do Not Conform. How about we pray? Oh, Father, I thank you so much, Lord God, that your word reveals so much to us, Lord. And as we incline our ear to you, you speak to us in ways that we could never possibly understand our own human strength, but you give us understanding, Lord God. Father, I pray that the message you've placed on my heart to share today, the the power of my testimony, Lord God, that you would do something through me, Lord, and speak into the hearts of each person here. Lord, that you would do a mighty work in each and every heart here. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So if we're going to no longer conform to the pattern of this world. Where does it all start? It starts by renewing our minds. It starts with what, is, what are we going to allow into our minds and what are we going to filter out? We need to take the junk out of our lives, what the world is trying to put into us. The world is trying to say, pursue beauty, pursue wealth, pursue success, pursue you, pursue everything about you. Whereas the kingdom of God is the complete opposite, isn't it? The kingdom of God is about pursue Him, help others. And so we need to first start by taking the junk out and by filling, and then fill our minds with the truth of God and what God's truth is about us. There's two, there's two truths there. There's the, the truth about God and there's the truth about us. And so when you choose not to conform to the world, the first point is this, you need to renew your understanding of God. Renew your understanding of God. See, the truth is this. God loves you absolutely, completely, wholly and entirely. He loves you as you are right now. God loves you despite the mess that you made of things yesterday. He loves you despite the fact that He knows that you're going to make mistakes tomorrow. God's love for you is unending. It is fierce. It is amazing. It is immense. And there's a revelation right there in God's love for you that, you know what, I think we often miss and we often don't live in that revelation. Romans 8 says it really well from verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what's been done to you, whether you believe in God or not, God loves you. 
God loves you. And there is nothing that we can do to cause him to love us any less or to love us any more. And that is a powerful revelation that we need to carry with us 24-7. God loves me. You know why it's important that we have that revelation? Because the overflow of God's love for us is that we love him. We love him. 1 John 4, 19 says this, We love because he first loved us. Because God first loved us, we are now capable of loving Him. And our love for God becomes a massive motivator in how we live and what we choose to do and choose not to do. 1 John 5 verse 3 says this, In fact, this is love for God, to keep His commands. And His commands are not burdensome. So God loves us. Our response to God is, is to love Him. And that becomes our motivation for being obedient. And when we, when we realize how much God loves us and we love Him, what God asks us to do, the, the commands that He asks of us, they're not burdensome because we want to do what the one who loves us and the one whom we love wants us to do. I'm married to the amazing, wonderful Amanda. I love her so much. And I will move heaven and earth and do whatever I can to please her, to do what I can to honor her, to do whatever is in my power and my strength to show that I love her. I want to do what she wants me to do because of my my motivation is I love her. Not just because it's the right thing to do. I love her. And so when it comes to God, and we know that there's this sin that God doesn't want us to engage in and and all these sorts of things, our motivation can't simply be because it's the right thing to do. It it can't be because, you know, we want to save face and we we don't want uh, other people to judge us for doing the wrong thing. Or it can't be because we want all the blessings of God. It needs to be because of God's love. God's love that does not change. God's love that is eternal. Out of the overflow of love for God, there is a desire to live for Him. And so, in the midst of temptation, and we all have temptations, whether it be lust or gossip or the temptation to be bitter or to be jealous or to hold on to unforgiveness, I want to encourage you, weigh things up. Weigh things up in that moment. Is the sin that is before me, the temptation that is before me, how does that weigh up to the love of God? How does, how does this sin, this, this temporary moment of pleasure, which sin is often pleasurable, let's not deny that, this temporary moment of pleasure, how does that weigh up to the eternal love of God? It doesn't. Sin will lead us to a place of of feeling guilty. It'll take us to a place of feeling condemned. But praise God, the Holy Spirit can come and bring conviction and lead us to a place that fills us with life. God's love fills us with life. Capital L for life. Sin will guide us away from God, but God's love draws us to him. And so you can choose, you can choose if, if you're going to conform to the pattern of this world. But if you don't want to conform to the pattern of this world, 
You need to renew your mind. You need to renew your understanding of God, the God of love. Second one is this. You need to renew your understanding of grace. You need to renew your understanding of grace. Now, what's God's grace? God's grace is His unmerited favor. Whenever God gives us something that we simply do not deserve. And I think if you've been in church for any period of time, you'll understand the concept of God's grace when it comes to the forgiveness of our sins. You see, we have all sinned. The Bible says we have all fallen short of the glory of God and we deserve punishment for the wrong things that we've done. We deserve punishment for our disobedience before God. But thank God for His grace because He chooses to forgive us even though we don't deserve it. Is that good news this morning? Are you guys with me? Fantastic. Let's get our Bibles and turn to Titus just after the books of Timothy. Titus chapter 2, verse 11, says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Now, we, we all know that. We know that salvation is offered to each and every single one of us. It's there for us to receive. Grace is a gift that has to be received. God's unmerited favor. But it goes on. It says this, verse 12, It teaches us, this is grace, grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. So there's two things that grace does for us. It saves us. It takes us to a place of salvation. It, it, it's when we deserve punishment, God gives us grace. When we, des- when we don't deserve a second chance, God gives us grace. When we don't deserve to go to heaven, God gives us grace. When we don't deserve eternal life, God gives us grace. So he brings us, grace brings us to salvation. But here's the, the secret. People often don't realize this, that God's unmerited favor is there for you so you can live a godly life. God graces you to live a, a godly life. The church I grew up in, the pastor often used to have a saying. He said it all the time. He used to say, grace is the fuel for right living. And I can see for quite a while, that was like, that one was over my head. But then I had this revelation of God's grace. My story, where I chose to cross that line and no longer be conformed to the pattern of this world. No longer was I going to be the kind of person that's just going to go with the flow and do what the world says that I should do. I was saving myself for marriage. I made a commitment that I wasn't going to get into pornography and entertain lustful thoughts and to live a life of purity. That's my testimony. But it wasn't me that did it. It was but by the grace of God that that was even possible. I'm, I'm human just like all of us here. There's nothing special about me. Just ask Amanda. There's nothing special about me, but it's by God's grace that I have been able to live that life. And by God's grace, I will continue to. We, we, miss, we, we miss the power and the enormity of God's grace that is available to us. We miss it so easily. And it's not our own ability, but it's God's grace working in our lives. And so when you are at that point of temptation, when you're in that moment where you think to yourself, I'm not, I'm not able to resist this. 
This is beyond my ability. And then there's been times for me where that's definitely been the case, where I've just been so tempted to fall in, into the ways of the patterns of this world. But it's in those moments that we can just go, but God's grace, Lord, show me your grace right now. Give me the power. Give me your unmerited favor to see through. And I hope that you too, like I've been able to say, but by God's grace, I'm still here. But by God's grace, I've been able to live this life of purity that I felt he called me into. Seek the grace of God to help you resist. So we need to renew your understanding of God, renew your understanding of grace. The third one is this, renew your understanding of yourself. Renew your understanding of yourself. For me, this has been massive. I, I can't express how important this has been for me to understand my identity, who I am. You see, each of us needs to have our identity framed by God and by His Word. The alternative, your identity being framed by the world. You're not good looking enough. You're not smart enough. You're not successful enough. You don't measure up. That's the message that the world wants to send to you. But God, what does God say about who you are? What does the creator of the heavens and the earth say about who you are? I don't know about you, but I reckon his opinion outweighs the world's opinion by far. What does God say? 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. What great news. If you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and you've accepted him into your life as Lord and Savior, you get a fresh start. You get a fresh start. And God's grace, the beauty of God's grace is we can stuff up today. I can stuff up tomorrow. Fresh start. God's grace brings me to a place of a fresh start. 1 John 3, 1 says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Praise God. I think people should be a little bit more excited about it. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what? You're a child of God. Let that sink in. You are a child of God, son of the Most High God. Daughter of the Most High God. I love the story that uh, back in ancient Rome, uh, Rome, as we know, was a very powerful uh, empire. And uh, it goes that whenever a Roman, a person of Rome, was uh, tempted to, to cheat or to lie, and, and somebody is trying to get them to be and do an underhanded deal under the table, they would step forward and say, I... I'm a Roman. And by merely stepping up and looking into the face of the person who is trying to shortchange them or, or, or trying to get them to do something wrong, their, their, their identity being, I am a Roman, was powerful enough to say, that sort of behavior is beneath me. I don't know about you. My conviction, I'm a son of God. That sort of impure thinking, that's beneath me. That sort of way of living, the way of the world, I'm too good for that. 
God did not create me to stoop down to that level. And this is not with a pride or an arrogance. This is actually with a heart of humility, understanding who I am before the creator of all the worlds, understanding that He has created me and made me His son, His child. My identity frames the way in which I live and the decisions in which I make. And I want to encourage you with the fresh slates that God gives each and every single one of us, knowing that we are His children, knowing that you are a son of God, that you are a daughter of God, that you are a prince of the Most High King or you are a princess of the Most High King. Allow that to frame the way in which you live. You are royalty. You are part of God's royal priesthood. And anything less is not befitting of you. It is not befitting of you. So my story, my story of honouring God and uh, particularly in the arena of purity and saving myself for marriage and uh, staying away from pornography, it is, it's but by the grace of God that I have been able to do that by identifying who God is and how amazing His love is for me and and that that being the fuel to motivate my love for Him and understanding my identity. These are just three Really simple revelations, but they have transformed my life for pushing 25 years. I pray that they can do the same for you as well. You know, we live in a world, or in the Christian world at least, where you you might feel pressure to measure up, pressure to you have to attend church. I just said you have to attend youth group. You feel pressure to read the Bible or to pray. But you know what? It doesn't need to be pressure when the motivation for doing all this stuff is the right motivation. Because if your motivation is because the pastor said so or because I feel guilty if I don't, or if you you believe that, uh, you know, God won't love me if I don't do this sort of stuff, that's not how it works at all. We need to align our lives to what the Word says. And look, the reality is I'm sure there are people here this morning who struggle to, to really receive what I'm trying to say this morning. That You say, yeah, but I, I can't. Ross, that's all good and well that that worked for you and that you know, you, you've got this great testimony of, of this life where you, you, know, you, you haven't done this. And I, I say this all out of a heart of humility. I'm not trying to big note myself. But the reality is it's, it's not me. It's not my ability. The only thing that I did was believed God said God is who He says He is. And I believed that His grace is what He says His grace is. And I believed that I am who God says I am. I didn't do anything. I just had the right beliefs. And right living is not, does not start from right behavior. Right living starts from right believing. It's what do you believe that will set the, the direction and the course in which your life will take. And so my challenge is for you this morning. Tim, if you can come up. My challenge for you this morning is to start with the right beliefs. 
I've just scratched the surface. I really have. I've only just scratched the surface. But what do you believe about who God is? What do you believe about who God says you are and what he wants to do with your life? How about we all stand this morning? Because I want each and every single one of us to have an opportunity to cross that same line that I did 25 years ago. To draw a line in the sand, so to speak, where you say, yep, there are areas in my life that I struggle with. There are issues that I've been trying to overcome for, for years or maybe even decades. And, and, I, and I want to do the right thing. And I don't want to conform to the pattern of this world. And yeah, I know that I'm supposed to have my mind renewed, but how? How do I start? Where does that begin? It starts with the right beliefs and coming before God and saying, God, I want a fresh start before you. Good news for you this morning is this. God always loves to give a, good, give a fresh start. Every single time. That is such good news. Myself included, I need a fresh start regularly. I think we all do. But we need to have the humility to come before God and say, God, this is a problem in my life. This is an issue that I've tried different ways to address. And I suppose the problem is, is that we're there. I tried. Don't try. Don't, don't keep trying. Believe. Believe that God is who he says he is. Believe that you are who God says you are. And let's start from that foundation. Can we all just close our eyes and bow our heads? If you're here, and particularly, I want to particularly speak to the young men because that was my story. But this is open to everybody, young and old, doesn't matter. But you here this morning and there's areas in your life that you can acknowledge that, yeah, this has been a real struggle for me. I've, I've really struggled to no longer conform to the patterns of this world because the patterns of this world seem to be ingrained into my very fiber, into my being. And maybe you're here this morning and you've been thinking that hope is lost and it's not possible for you. The good news I have today is that, yes, it is. Right believing is where it starts. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm just looking around. I just want to see if you want to acknowledge that so I can pray for you right where you are. You don't need to come forward. Is that something you need to do this morning? Is that something you need to do? Thanks. I can see your hands. You can put them down. Is there anybody else? I don't want you to miss this moment because this can be a really, really a life-defining moment, just like it was for me. One last opportunity. Is that you today where you need to start to get that belief system right? Okay, let's pray. Father, I thank you for each hand that was raised this morning and, and even those that didn't, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that you give us a new start. Lord, it is out of your love for us that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Lord, and that although he didn't deserve to die, he, he took that punishment that we deserve. And by your grace, Lord God, we can be saved. Our sins can be forgiven. And as we enter into a relationship with you, as we make Jesus Christ our Lord and Saviour, you redefine our very identity. 
to become a child of God. Wow. And Lord, I pray that for those of us here who have struggled with all sorts of different temptations and sins and and problems that we know that they're things of this world, but we want to leave the things of this world behind. We don't want to conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Lord, would you help us to renew our minds? Would you help us to renew our beliefs and our thinking, Lord, to truly align with your word? Heavenly Father, we come before you and we humble ourselves and we thank you, Lord, that there is a new start for each of us right here, right now. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would cement these truths into each of us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.